Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Here are your hosts, Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry. I am here with Jeff Griffin and our mini-me's. And as you can tell from our last segment, there has not been a lack of eating here in the Windy City. We've been having a great time. And I think at the point, we're just kind of rolling around the city. Another thing we tried that's a Chicago specialty is Garrett's popcorn. We happen to go to the one at Navy Pier, and you're going to have to trust us on this. You get the Garrett's mix. Now, it sounds weird, but you're going to take caramel popcorn and cheesy popcorn and combine the two and eat them at once. And it sounds weird when you first hear about it, but once you've tried it, you will not stop eating. Not to mention they are actually smarter than your average bear, not Chicago bear, but actually they give you wet wipes. And I thought to myself, this is really weird. Why do you get wet wipes when you when you get a popcorn? Because you've got this layer of cheesy popcorniness all over your fingers after you're done eating it, and you won't be able to stop eating. And everyone's walking around with like these golden cheesy fingers. It's really kind of the <laughs> quintessential, but it's a great snack, as a matter of fact. Um, they recommend that you eat it as soon as you get it because it's hot. Speaking of Navy Pier, we actually spent some time down at Navy Pier. It's actually, believe it or not, the number one attraction in Illinois to go to the Navy Pier. And we did, you know, some of the typical things. It was really fun. We got to go on the Ferris wheel. That was really fun. They always have a lot of activities and shopping down there. But one of the other things we did that was really fun is we went to the Children's Museum. I always love Children's Museums because I think what's really interesting about the Chicago Children's Museum, it has its own little flair. Like, you know, like they did a safety part and it, you know, talks about the Chicago Fire Department or they tie in Scott skyscrapers because of the city and you know each children's museum it's kind of interesting because they can kind of take their local environment and really just do all these things that tie in to to kids and they did some stuff with the waterways and the river and you could build things on the river and it was just you know that you could go in there and build skyscrapers so I thought it was really fun we had a really great time there also one of the things the kids really wanted to do was of course go to the bean. Yeah, the actual title is Cloud Gate, but everybody calls it the bean. I'm going to say it's like the best symbol of a city I've ever seen because it's this giant bean that's a mirror reflection. And so it's this totally different experience wherever you're standing and, and everybody takes selfies of themselves taking selfies reflected in the bean. Yep, everyone's got the bean. We posted a few pictures of the bean on our Facebook. It was really fun. And of course, I was telling you before earlier this week that one of my favorite places that I wanted to go back and take the mini-me's was the Art Institute of Chicago. And then we also tried the Museum of Contemporary Art. So we get kind of the polar opposite of the art genre. And I think, again, it was really interesting to sort of like our kids went into the Chicago Arts Institute going, where's the Ferris Bueller photo? That seems to be the most popular one there. 
So we did hit some of those, and we also hit Shedd Aquarium for these beautiful beluga whales, beautiful white whales that you can see swimming around there. Yep, the Shed was really fun. That was also on our list. We we have never made it to Shed before, and so that was really fun to go to Shed. We got to see the aquatic show, and again, the tide pools. You get to touch things at the tide pools, touch the stingrays, and it's just really interesting uh, being there and just having all these hands-on experiences. And it just all of it was just really, really fun. Coming up, we've got a triple header of interviews. We're going to first be talking with Shedd Aquarium, then we're going to talk with the Art Institute of Chicago, and finally, the Museum of Contemporary Art, and then stick around. We're going to come back and tell you what our favorite activities were here. Again, you can check out all of these people on our hot sheet for today's show. You can check that out at TravelBrigade.com, and you can also check out our Instagram for photos that we've taken while we've been here. That's Travel Brigade as well as follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade. We will be right back. Questions or comments for the Travel Brigade? Tweet them at Travel Brigade. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry. I am here with Jeff Griffin. We are here at the Shed Aquarium. We're actually standing over the belugas. They're so beautiful, and I can't believe we're sitting here in Chicago checking out belugas. Yeah, not only checking out belugas, but these beautiful white beluga whales. There's even a baby one. And then just beyond that, you've got the beautiful lake right there. So it's this awesome setting and great natural wonders here right before us. And here to tell us more about Shedd Aquarium is Tony Palumbi. And are the belugas the highlight here? Is that sort of the, uh, everybody's, it's sort of like you go to a museum and there's one painting you really want to see. Is that what the belugas are to the Shedd Aquarium? Yeah, I would definitely say so. Uh, The belugas are one of the highlight animals, along with the um, dolphins, of course. But a lot of people come here not expecting to see a whale, and belugas are whales. Of course, they're a lot smaller. But uh, it's very unique for people to see. Uh, not, not a whole lot of aquariums around the country um, have beluga whales. Yeah, that's true. And as a matter of fact, the other thing that we were interested in doing, and I know that we've got tickets later, is everyone keeps telling us you've got to go see the dolphin show. Yeah, the aquatic show is uh, very cool. Um, it's called One World. Um, it's about a half hour long, and it usually features the dolphins and the whales. And then there's always a third animal. It uh, rotates between sea lions, penguins, um, dogs, uh, sometimes hawks. So a good variety of animals, not not just dolphins. So tell us a little bit about some of the highlights actually at, here at the aquarium. What are the things like when people come to to visit for the day? What are the things that they have to put on their don't miss list? Well, there are it's kind of hard to choose. There's a lot of very good stuff. I know I might be a little biased, but um, uh, some of the don't miss opportunities would be our touch pools, which are great for uh, younger kids. We have a sturgeon touch up on the main floor in the at home at the Great Lakes Gallery. We have a sea star touch opportunity down in the polar play zone to touch sea stars and sea urchins. And then seasonally, depending on the, the crazy Chicago weather here, we have a stingray touch, which is currently still open here uh, toward the end of October. And that, of course, you are able to touch stingrays, um, cow nose stingrays. So there are things to do, you know, for, for for the general public while you're here, but I also was reading that there's these extraordinary experiences. If being here is not enough for you, you need a little bit more, what can people do? 
So yes, we do have extraordinary experiences if you're a guest that is looking for more than just a, a standard visit um, and you want to dive a little deeper. We do offer five different experiences uh, here at the aquarium. We have trainer for a day, a beluga encounter, penguin encounter, behind the scenes tour, and our brand new experience that just started earlier this year is the shark feeding tour. Oh, cool. Tell us a little bit about uh, the trainer of the day. What, what do they do if someone has, I mean, I can imagine it's kind of like probably, I would say, secondary to I want to be a vet. <laughs> is And maybe even, I don't know, competitive with I want to be a dolphin trainer or I want to be a trainer. I want to do something. So tell us what it is that people do for those experiences for, is for the day. So trainer for a day is actually technically half a day. It's four hours long. And you do get to shadow one of our marine mammal trainers that entire time. Uh, you see a ton of behind-the-scenes areas, uh, reserve habitats, uh, the medical pool. You'll see uh, the sea lions, usually the dolphins, the beluga whales, uh, the penguins, usually the hawks and the dogs as well, uh, in addition to sea otters. So there's a good variety of animals that you'll see on Trainer for a Day. Um, you'll also visit the kitchen and assist with um, some of the food preparation for the animals. Um, sometimes there's the opportunity to interact with some of the animals and help with um, kind of mini training sessions. But it is a very immersive experience, and we kind of designed it, I think it was about nine years ago, specifically for people who are interested in becoming marine mammal trainers. Of course, it's very appropriate for those people still, but we found that a lot of participants also are very interested just to learn more about SHED, to learn about what we do here, how we care for the animals, and uh, it's a great way to see that kind of stuff. One of the extraordinary experiences that I'm noticing in this uh, brochure is you can actually do a marriage proposal here with the beluga whales. You've got a whole setup. So single ladies, if a guy invites you to go see the beluga whales, make sure you're dressed to the nines, make sure you've got the makeup, the hair down, because they've got a professional photographer and you're going to be having dinner later. And so do quite a few couples take advantage of that, it sounds like. Yes, that is actually a very popular uh, experience. Um, we began it because a lot of people wanted to uh, do marriage proposals here at the aquarium and we wanted to be able to offer them something really unique and really special. So we do have the beluga encounter proposal experience where couples will participate in what is a normal beluga encounter. There are other guests present, but then toward the end, the other guests will leave the encounter habitat, leaving just the couple behind. Um, we have, prior to that, the the person doing the proposing has given the ring to one of the trainers. To the beluga? That's what I, that, that was where I was going to go. Yeah, not, almost. Um, so they give the ring to one of the trainers beforehand, real secretly, and toward the end of the session, the uh, trainer has the ring inside of a, a floating um, waterproof box. They toss the ring out into the water, and then the beluga retrieves the, the box, brings it back to the woman or who's being proposed to. Um, at that point, it's opened. Uh, they see the ring inside, and then the person pops the question, and it's a very unique experience, and you're right, we do have professional photographers on hand taking photos of the whole thing, and then if you'd like, you can also add the experience of having a private um, experience up on one of the balconies overlooking the Oceanarium where you can have strawberries and champagne to celebrate uh, the big moment. Now, Jeff and I are already married, but, you know... I don't know, Jeff. I, I think they think there's time throughout the day, and there's always time to upgrade a ring. You know, I mean, that's just my feeling. But I was going to say my first thought is that's a lot of pressure on the trainer and the whale. Make sure that ring does that ring doesn't get lost. That is true. Yeah, we've we're very fortunate that for as many proposals as we have done, 
never had any mishaps, um, never lost a ring, nothing like that. No secondary insurance policy required. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Again, we will have information on the hot sheet. Uh, tell us where people can also uh, check out these encounters and book them. All you have to do is go to www.shedaquarium.org slash extraordinary. That will lay out all five extraordinary experiences we offer. Um, it gives pricing. We have special member pricing. And all the information you need to know is there. We also have phone numbers listed on the site if you have further questions. Great. And again, like I said, we will have that information on our hot sheet for today's show at TravelBrigade.com. You can also check us out on Twitter at Travel Brigade and check us out on Instagram as well. We will be right back. You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at TravelBrigade.com. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry. I'm here with Jeff Griffin, and we are here at one of our favorite places in Chicago. We haven't been here in a few years, and this time, again, we're here with our little mini-me's, taking them around to family-friendly things over here. And here we are at the Art Institute of Chicago, one of our favorite places here in the city. Not just one of our favorites, but we've been to many of the great museums throughout the world, but millions of people on TripAdvisor what did they pick as the best museum in the world? I would say here. Can millions of people be wrong? No, of course not. Yes, the Art Institute, it's a must-do when you come to Chicago, and it's a great do if you've got kids with you. Here to tell us a little bit more about it is Susan Kuliak. She is with the Ryan Education Center here at the Art Institute. And Susan, tell us a little bit about some of the programs that you have here for kids. Sure. Um, we have, in the Ryan Education Center, we are open during uh, museum hours for families to come and um, be introduced to the collection. There's um, um, a nice place where you can sit down and relax and plan your visit, so you can pick up self-guide materials if a family isn't sure of what they'd like to see or they really want to know where some of their favorite paintings are, they can have a volunteer in our family room space, guide them through looking at a map, helping them to choose a self-guide, which gives them things to explore with their children, and they can come back to make an art project with us. So our family room has projects every single weekend. Uh, they vary from one time of year to another, but every single weekend there is something happening. So it's a, a nice place for a family to explore their creativity together. And um, it really is something that's for all ages. Families with even very young children will bring them and work together with them on a project. We've done things from uh, working with surrealism recently, uh, this past summer, to um, we're going to be making puppets for a very long period of time, for about the next um, six to eight months around a special exhibition. And our projects are usually designed in such a way that families can explore their creativity and um, not have one particular thing that they have to make. It, it's not that there isn't like one set of directions. You can, you know, try this material or that material. Uh, for our puppet show, we'll, we'll have, you know, feathers and fabric and all kinds of things. It's not that everyone will make a puppet that looks the same. Everyone has a different sort of creative idea and will explore the puppet making theme in their own way. Uh, we also have, for families, an interactive gallery space. So in the case of the puppets, Families will be able to um, create their own puppet show with their children as part of a gallery installation. And then all of the things that we do in the education center are, are free. So a family doesn't even need to go into the museum in order to enjoy some of the things that happen here. But we um, always relate to special exhibitions in the museum. So um, the puppets installation and the idea of making up stories 
relates strongly to all the narrative paintings in the museum's collection. So families can go and explore storytelling through art in the galleries. We have quite a few online things for families to look at on our website. There's um, a game called Curious Corner that has a series of stories that families can explore digitally, and it can help them prepare for their museum visit. Um, when they come here. You know, we were just in one of the spaces and one of the things I love is talking about all ages is that even for toddlers or small kids, some of the popular paintings that they have that are like recreated and then puzzles are made out of them. And I think that's starting starting at such a young age and sort of starting to appreciate art the way that it is. Tell us a little bit about some of the teen programs that you do that they're a little bit different than, you know, maybe not the smaller uh, age group. Yes, um, we do programs for teens that, that um, engage teens in a, in a way that, that empowers them and gives them a voice in the museum. So we do workshops for teens where we ask them to rethink the museum. Um, we've had competitions for teens to redesign the museum space and think about, um, suggest to us ways that the museum could uh, change an installation or design an interactive or um, create a digital app, you know, how to get teens more engaged in, in coming, you know, without their, without their parents and, and something that they might want to do and, and bring their, their friends to. Um, we regularly um, have a special events for teens at least once a year, a big event, um, sort of an evening party for teens only that's um, very appealing to them. Um, and I sort of um, a chaperone last year, and it was very fun and exciting. Teens dancing, teens making self-portraits and masks and, um, and touring each other in the galleries. We have a teen council, so a group of teens called from area schools who work with us all through the year and help develop programs. And those teens were touring other teens and sort of spreading the word and spreading the excitement about the collection around the city through that program. We should also mention that there are just a lot of uh, exhibits through the museum that kids of all ages will like. Uh, I noticed there's the Thorn Miniature Rooms, and there's even a, a set of books based on those rooms for kids. There's also the, uh, the Ferris Bueller painting that everybody's got to come see when they come here. Uh, yes, thank you for mentioning those paintings and those collections. I think the Thorn Miniature Rooms have been a perennial favorite um, for families. A, a series of, of, of 68 rooms, uh, miniature scale rooms, American and European rooms, and they're uh, very intricately made. Um, we've got, as you mentioned, there's a book that's been written about them, or a series of, of children's children's books on them, uh, novels for for young readers. And we've just recently put together a, a self-guide that guides you to look at the rooms in, in detail and gives you some interesting information about those rooms. And the um, Arms and Armor collection is another uh, perennial favorite. Um, families love coming to see the armor. The, there's even um, a knight in armor riding on a horse that has armor, so a full-size horse. Pretty amazing to see that in the museum galleries. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. You know, we will have this as well as the other contacts we've had for this show on our hot sheet at travelbrigade.com. You can check that out, and we'll also be doing some of our Instagram photos from here at our Instagram, and you can check us out on Twitter at Travel Brigade. We will be right back. You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at travelbrigade.com. 
Welcome back to Travel Gate. This is Jeff Griffin, one of your co-hosts here in the studio on my own today. One of the great experiences we had while visiting Chicago was going to the Museum of Contemporary Art of Chicago. Here to tell us more about it is Michael Darling, who is the chief curator at the museum. Michael, I've kind of got a problem. I went to the David Bowie exhibit while we were there. It was music. It was, I didn't have to push a single button, yet I had this soundtrack going with me throughout the whole time wherever I went. It was David Bowie in multimedia, every, everything you could think of, uh, he came through. And so when I came home, I felt like it wasn't doing it justice to call it, I went to a muse- to a David Bowie exhibit at a museum. I, it just doesn't quite describe it. I, I don't want to go too far and say it was like going to a concert, but it was somewhere in between those two. Have you, have you found verbiage to, to describe it? Yeah, which is, which is funny. Um, I guess I was just a little too close to it, but, uh, but it is really hard to find any other comparable museum shows like this one, especially the use of the technology and how thoroughly people get drawn into the story. Um, and so that's been incredibly rewarding just to get to hear comments like yours, you know, now that we're halfway through the show and, uh, and we've been getting those since the beginning. So that's, that's been really gratifying. And it was kind of fun because, uh, we went, I'm old enough to remember when, you know, some of these things first appeared on TV or, or some of these albums came out. Then we also had a teenage daughter with us who, you know, uh, came in not really knowing who Bowie was. We both really took something away from it. Have you found that's been the typical thing you, you're playing well across the board, all ages? Yeah, we're, we're definitely seeing a much wider um, age range in the show than maybe we first thought when we first started talking about this show we thought maybe it would be a baby boomer only kind of exhibition but but then we we saw in london we saw in toronto that it was really multi-generational and and then here we already have a young audience and um and, and we're definitely seeing lots of of young people in there and also not necessarily people that are nece- that are diehard bowie fans i mean i think it's a show that getting good word of mouth because it's just such a, a great experience in general not you, you don't have to know every single david bowie song to uh, to get a lot out of this exhibition yeah i would i would describe myself as a not a hardcore bowie fan but a bowie fan but even the casual fan i think would really just enjoy this and the younger people who maybe don't know him you're given a uh, sort of a recording device when you go through that you can listen to. And it's not like those typical museum ones where you go to a different place and you push a button and then you push number 32. This just follows you throughout and gives you this all this great music as you're looking at these things, listening to things. It's a whole different experience than I've had before at a museum. Yeah, that's great to hear. And and even as you found out, you know, there's also text really that's with almost every single piece in the show too. So, you know, people that really want to read everything, see every video, you know, through till it starts looping again, you know, are spending hours in this exhibition. So it's it's got multiple layers depending on your level of, of commitment and how much time you have to spend in there. And and I'll I'll warn people if you go to this for the next month you will be loading downloading Bowie onto your Spotify onto your iTunes on <laughs> you'll be doing David Bowie stations on your Pandora you'll he'll get in your head just just to warn you in advance this is a great example of of kind of the outside the box thinking that the Museum of Contemporary Art has Teen tell us about some of the other exhibits that you've got coming in 2015. Well, you know, the, the, obviously we're getting a lot of attention for this for this David Bowie show, and we knew that it would reach across typical boundaries of, of our of our audience, and, and not just get the, the 
the real contemporary art audiences that we typically get, not just get casual tourists that are coming here as part of their itinerary when they come to Chicago, but you know we're getting people as coming here as a destination. So we're hoping that once they get here, they'll recognize that we are you know, really devoted to multidisciplinary practices and have had performance and music and all, all sorts of other things happening here since our founding. So that's a theme that you'll see continuing into 2015. Um, we also are really interested in, in creating a wide variety of offerings. So we almost have the polar opposite in the show that follows David Bowie, which is a survey of the Colombian sculptor Doris Salcedo, which is very quiet, very minimal, um, quite political, really, and um, and and much more much more of a of a contemplative kind of experience than than this sort of full sensual uh, assault almost of the David Bowie show. And so we we love this this dichotomy that the MCA can be you know David Bowie one minute and Doris Salcedo the next and, and see those as as two great examples of this this continuum that we like to work work back and forth across. But then later in 2015 in the summer we're opening a show that might be a little closer to the to the vibe of David Bowie which is called the Freedom Principle and it really looks at avant-garde jazz circles uh, in, in Chicago and, and elsewhere around the Midwest in the late 60s and early 1970s. So again, really looking very cross-disciplinary in a very cross-disciplinary way from jazz to visual music to uh, installation, costuming, and, um, and especially thinking about improvisation as a, a, an idea and a way of working that has continued to be relevant to artists today. So that that's going to also be a very multimedia kind of uh, affair. I also noticed uh, when looking on the website, there's one that's going to be called Small, Medium, Large, Extra Large. And at yeah. first I thought I had stumbled onto the t-shirt section, but no, this is going <laughs> to be something where, I, I mean, the sizes literally apply to various various works of art. Yeah, and that's one. Um, we're always cycling through our own permanent collection and trying to uh, display it in, in more engaging ways. Um, uh, try to really sort of take a take a position and, and try to make a point with these permanent collection exhibitions, um, rather than just trotting out kind of the greatest hits uh, of of the collection. And so this is a show where there are three pieces in the show, three out of the four. There's only four works in the exhibition: one S, one M, one L, and one XL. Two of them have never been shown before. A fourth one is something that we're hoping to acquire for the museum. And I just thought that they would have a great dialogue with one another and really speak to the relationship of the body to to art and to, especially to contemporary sculpture and how so many artists really are trying to get us to kind of be aware of our own physicality when we're in the room with their work. And I think each of these, these pieces kind of gets at that. And that's where I thought this small, medium, large, extra large title kind of helps to address this um, you know, body size and, and the size of the sculptures themselves kind of increase in, uh, in scale as you um, go from one to the next. So um, the culminating, the extra large one is a, a gigantic full-size hot air balloon by the Belgian artist Chris Martin that uh, is inflated with, with a powerful fan and basically will fill whatever size room it's put into and it'll you know, bulge out of doorways and, uh, and you can walk inside the, the hot air balloon itself inside the, this nylon kind of membrane that the balloon creates. So it's a, a really fun piece and, again, just really amazing demonstration of, of 
architectural space, I think. That sounds, that sounds like a lot of fun. I look forward to that one. In terms of the permanent collection, are there, when people come to visit, any, any sort of highlights that you would recommend to people from the permanent collection? I know that's like asking you to pick between your children, but if I had somebody who's uh, just visiting Chicago, any, any particular highlights I should be looking for? We have a slightly different approach to our permanent collection here than maybe most museums with a collection. Somehow, just because of the scale of our building and the size of our available gallery spaces, we've really been privileging temporary exhibitions more than permanent fixed displays. So you can't, you can never come here and sort of see, you know, our Andy Warhols and our and our Donald Judds and our. Jeff Koons is, you know, on every visit, but we try to cycle through those and put them into new and refreshing um, contexts each time. So our, what I'm calling these permanent collection shows, like the small, medium, large, extra large, are, are on for about six months at a time, and then they'll change to something else. So it's very dynamic and hopefully is a way that people will keep coming back and sort of looking for new things. And hopefully over, you know, over the cycle of a year or two, you know, you might see some of these these favored pieces uh, coming back again um, more often. But um, somehow, yeah, just the way that, that our building's laid out and ha- as we approach it, we, we don't have that same that kind of static display of our collection the way that many museums do. So it's kind of like a, uh, a gourmet restaurant where you go and at different times of the year, they have different items on the menu based on what's right. in season. <laughs> so. <laughs> exactly. That's a good way to describe it. Andy Warhol season. Well, give people information about where they can learn more about the museum. Well, our website is www.mcachicago.org. We're continually working to improve uh, the website and put more information on there and make it as useful and user-friendly as possible. So that's definitely a good place to start. We we are, however, in the process of of doing a whole new uh, identity campaign, graphic design campaign that will include a redesigned website in the next year or so. Uh, So we're hoping that's going to be an even friendlier place to come and find information about the MCA, uh, including our collection, which is not as represented there as we would like it to be right now. But that's a good place to start, especially for hours, directions, um, how long the exhibitions are on view, and and also information about each of the different exhibitions, performances, talks, programs that we have going on all the time here. All right. Well, thank you very much, Michael, for telling us about the museum, and uh, and thank you for reconnecting me with Ziggy Stardust. You're welcome. Thanks for your interest. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel on destination show. Follow us on Twitter, at Travel Brigade. We will be right back. They don't always agree, but they always seem to have their reasons. Next up, Travel Brigade's countdown of their favorites from this week's show on He Said, She Said. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin and our mini-me's that have been here for the last few days running around Chicago, having an amazing time, and of course, it's now that time. Yeah, unfortunately, the time has come for us to leave. Usually, we're sad to leave a place because we have to go home and deal with our kids, but now, this time, we have our kids with us and we have to leave. And they're saying, just like the MasterCard commercial, one more day. It's come to that time in the show when we tell you, our three favorites from this particular destination for He Said, She Said, 
as always, she said, goes first. Well, this is a no-brainer for me. Um, there's something about Chicago. The food is different, and just coming here, we had our list of getting our Chicago dogs, our you know Italian beef dips, our deep dish pizza, and there is something about just eating local Chicago cuisine that is my number three. Had a great time doing that. My number three was Shedd Aquarium. It's beautiful. It's right there on the waters of Lake Michigan. Uh, you can look out and, and see the lake. And then inside, you can see these beluga whales, which I think is a rare thing. And they're just so beautiful, the white whales swimming around in the water. My number two was the sky deck there at the Willis Tower. I have to say it made me very nervous walking out on that deck. And the kids were nervous, too. They were all very leery. And, again, we travel so much. It's kind of one of those things we don't buy uh, all those kind of cheesy pictures when you do things like that. And we had a great time. We bought the cheesy pictures. It's a total have-to-do while you're here and had a really great time there at the Willis Tower and there up on the sky deck. My number two was the bean, also known as Cloudgate. I can't think off the top of my head of a better symbol for a city. Every city's got its symbol. The thing that is so great about this one is it is interactive. You can walk right up to it. You can touch it. You can walk underneath it. You can take photos of it. You can take a selfie of yourself taking a selfie reflected in the bean. It reflects the surrounding skyline. It's just everything about it I loved. My number one was coming to a city, I mean, a city like Chicago. I love Chicago because it's different than L.A., different than San Francisco, different than New York. It definitely has its own flair and a very fun flair. Big city, Midwestern kind of people that are so friendly. But I think the fun part for me was coming to Chicago and really kind of bringing the mini-me's and having it, like experiencing it for the first time through their eyes. And that's, that's just always really fun. The bridges, the beautiful river, the skyscrapers, everything is just really, really fun. My number one was just how walkable this city is. I love walking through a big city, and this one is a great place to walk. You can walk along Michigan Avenue and all the shops and tall buildings. You can walk down by Lake Michigan and walk along the lakefront. You can walk along the river and go over the bridges. It's just a great place to just walk around. And as we said at the beginning, a lot of the places here in the downtown area, you can walk from one to the other. So it's a really fun city in that sense. So for now, goodbye, Chicago. We had an amazing time. We hope that you come here to Chicago and visit as well. It's such a great city. Really, again, centrally located within the U.S. It was a quick trip from the West Coast, just a couple of hours, quick trip from the East Coast. So it's a great place to enjoy. And we will be back next week with another travel destination. In the meantime, please remember there are two stages in life. You're either on a trip or you're planning your next trip. Whatever stage you're in, join us next week. That's true. And again, check out our hot sheet at TravelBrigade.com. Check us out on Twitter at Travel Brigade and also on Instagram. We will see you next week and enjoy the trip. You have been listening to Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin on Travel Brigade. Connect with them on Facebook, Twitter, and at TravelBrigade.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.